and welcome back to SEMA's podcast, Y'all Ready for This, where we talk about all things emergency preparedness to make sure that you and your family are ready for any type of natural or man-made disaster here in Chatham County. This week, we are joined by the National Weather Service and Taylor with the SEMA office, who is our training and exercise coordinator, to talk about the National Weather Service's Skywarn Storm Spotter training. Taylor and Ron, thank you guys so much for joining me today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. All right. So as I mentioned, this week's subject matter expert is Ron Morales with the National Weather Service. And Ron, I think that people may start to recognize your voice and your face. You have been around quite a while um, here in Chatham County, kind of fortunately and unfortunately for what you come around to do. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about what you do at the National Weather Service? Sure. I've actually been in the National Weather Service for about 29 years, so I've been across uh, different parts of the country. Started off in Washington, D.C., then down to Tampa, Florida, over to Corpus Christi, Texas, and then the last little over 12 years here in Charleston. So I've been around more than a decade here in Charleston. We've seen a lot of weather. A lot has been in Chatham County. And, you know, so sometimes it's a good thing that you see me, and sometimes it's a bad thing. One of the things that I do in my job. So my job title is Warning Coordination Meteorologist or WCM. It's a little bit of a misnomer. It doesn't really adequately describe what I do. My first and foremost always is to make sure that operations, so the forecast and warning side of our operations in the National Weather Service is taken care of. What I mean by that is if a shift needs to be covered, uh, we work 24 hour shifts uh, seven days a week, you know, 365 days a year. So occasionally about 30 to 40% of the time I work shifts and over the holidays, like we're just coming out of, it might be more than that. So that's the biggest priority. But second to that would be to make sure all of our customers, partners like emergency management there at SEMA, uh, at the state, local level, especially, um, we're, we're serving their needs all the time local media, could be national media as well, or state media, both print and TV. They're a big partner of ours as well. And of course, any other state or federal agency are big primary partners of ours. So I, I make sure that they're getting what they need. Are they getting the weather information that they need to make an informed decision? We call that decision support. So that's as simple as what's the forecast for today? How is that going to impact what I what your job is? Let's say SEMA is running a command center for the St. Patrick's Day Parade, for example. And you need to know what's going to happen with the weather over those the course of the, the few days because there's going to be, you know, 100 plus thousand people or more outside exposed to the elements. So we could provide support to that in the form of here's what we think the weather's going to do. You know, here's how it may or may not impact you, that kind of thing. And that could be from that level at, at, say, the county level, could be at the city level, could be all the way up to the state. For example, here in South Carolina, my counterpart over at the Columbia office in South Carolina directly briefs the state emergency management division who directly works with the governor. So if you watch TV down here, say, during a big event like a hurricane, my counterpart is right up there at the podium with the governor and with the director of the state emergency management, right there briefing one-to-one. -one. The 
the reason why that's so important is, is there's no intermediary. There's no way to lose the information from, say, our mouth to the ears of the governor in this case. It's right there one-on-one -on -one in the State Emergency Operations Center. The other thing I might do, you know, so shift work, forecast shift works and warnings and that kind of thing, making sure our partners are getting all that they need weather-wise. I also, as, as you alluded to at the beginning of the broadcast here, people may have seen me roaming around in their area looking at storm damage. That's another thing that I do. And, and an added feature in the last year that I've added to that, we are one of two offices in the National Weather Service that have been allowed and uh, sanctioned to use drones to help with storm damage surveys. In fact, in the coming weeks, we will, we're adding another project. We're going to help verify the national rip current model for the National Weather Service by flying over some of the beaches to see if we can spot rip currents. That data will then be fed to the verification team for the modelers who will then improve the models based on what we find. Currently, we, we provide human verification to that rip current. Uh, a beach patrol or lifeguard uh, reports daily are fed to the, to the verification team up there for that model. So, uh, of course, I will be involved in doing presentations and outreach, maybe going to big conferences like the Chatham Emergency Management or the Chatham County Hurricane Conference, which really is a statewide hurricane conference every year where I might be asked to do a presentation there. Anything that has outreach involved. So it's a lot of it is emergency management and media, but I could be talking to Boy Scouts and elementary school students as well. But to be honest, that's getting more and more difficult for me to do because of the constraints on my time and resources. I have to focus on the top priority. Not that children are not important. I think they're one of the most important groups of people to talk to but you know, there's only one of me. There are others in the office that help me, but there's just really a handful of us. My goodness, I've known you for several years now and I, and I know that you're always involved in a lot of different things, but to actually hear you lay it out is pretty impressive. It's a, a pretty unique job. Oh yeah, it's never boring, never. Uh, I, I can say that, you know, I've been doing this for you know, almost 30 years in the weather service, but I was working and going to school almost a decade before that as well. So, you know, a large part of my life has been dedicated to weather and serving people, I hope, and helping them. That that's really was the, the impetus for me to get into weather was to help people. I like to help people. So if I could help somebody, you know, that makes me happy. That, that makes me feel like I'm doing something that's helping the world. Well, uh, I have a question for you, Ron. Um, considering training up, uh, upcoming, we have upcoming training on February 11th, this uh, storm spotter uh, training program. Could you just uh, elaborate a little bit more on that and on what exactly is the Skywarn uh, storm spotter program? Sure, it, it's actually fairly simple. Now there are various flavors of storm spotter training. So in a nutshell, we do storm spotter training in the National Weather Service to help train folks to report damage to us essentially. So in other words, let's say a thunderstorm, bad thunderstorm rolls through your area and produces wind damage, like a tree down or, or a fence or structural damage, something like that. And we have a warning out, or maybe we don't have a warning out. 
We need to know what's going on at the ground, so to speak. Our job is to issue things like severe thunderstorm warnings, tornado warnings, flash flood warnings. Those are what we call short fused warnings, meaning there's not a lot of time between when the warning is issued and your time to take action. So that we call that short fused. There are longer fused things like winter storm warnings or hurricane warnings, where it's a warning, you're, take, you're gonna take action, but obviously for something like a hurricane, you might have days to take that action. Whereas for something like a tornado warning, you might have minutes or less. And sometimes to be frank and honest, we miss the warning because it's a very, very difficult job. So by training folks in our storm spotter class to recognize what the damage is, to report it back, it's really quite simple. I am not trying to turn people into a meteorologist, which is what kind of the focus of the class historically had been. And I just didn't think that that was necessary. In other words, I don't need to sit there and train you in heavy duty physics and meteorology to tell me that a tree is down. You know, it, it, it's really quite simple. So the process isn't really that hard, but the information that we get from this is vital because those warnings that I told you about, every single one of them, every single one of them has to be verified. So that's different from maybe the rest of the world in weather. Um, just wanted to make sure I didn't go on mute because my screen just disappeared. Um, I think that the difference here is that we're accountable for everything that we do. So when that warning goes out, we have to figure out whether it happened. And the, and the best way to figure out whether it happened is if somebody reported something back in ground truth, because the radar tells us, gives us an indication that something is there, but it doesn't necessarily prove that something happened. We have techniques and things that, you know, will give us a good idea, but the end result is to get that human to tell us that something happened on the ground. Yeah. It's a vital thing. And the other thing I go through in this training is even more basic, kind of what you just asked me at the beginning of this broadcast. I do a little bit about not only what I do, really, but more about what our agency does, because people still don't know who the National Weather Service is. They think of us as the Weather Channel, or they think of us as the people on TV, and we're none of those. Yeah. We're absolutely none of that. Our, our mission is very, very different. We're behind the scenes. We supply all the weather data, watches, warnings, and information to those folks. They're important in the chain, but we don't have uh, the same thing. Like for the media, for example, our, our relationship with the media is as a mouthpiece because they have interaction with many people at once. You know, your local TV meteorologist gets on TV they have access to thousands of viewers at once. We don't have that ability. Yeah, we have social media, but it's not quite the same as putting your face on TV and, and being able to interact. So the spotter training is really a couple of folds, learning a little bit about who we are and what we do and what that relationship is to the outside world to motivate why we need them to help us verify these warnings. That helps not only us verify, that's the sciencey end of it. Most people don't care. But what about if we get that verification, that is going to help us do a better warning in the future, hmm. which is therefore a better service, which is therefore hopefully going to save lives. That's the main point of what we do, protection of life and property. That's our, that's our goal. So, and then finally getting, uh, you know, 
information about how to stay safe. Did you know how, or do you know how to stay safe from a tornado or a flash flood or lightning? We go through that. So even if you have no desire to be a storm spotter when the, when the two hour training is over, hopefully you walk away thinking, Hey, I learned a little bit about how to stay safe from weather. And even better, I could teach somebody else how to yeah. stay safe from weather. So it's, it's kind of what we call like a pay it forward thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's a force multiplier and we can translate that information on to others because I'm just one, let's say I, I, I train 20 people mm -hmm. and it's just me. That's 20 people out of nearly 2 million people in our population, in our area that we cover. Yeah. Obviously that's very, very little. So, but if you go home and talk to somebody now, we, now we've increased that we doubled it. So, um, so I thank you for clarifying on how do you actually like use that information and like what's the purpose of those storm spotters. Um, so I guess my next question is um, who's el who's actually eligible for this training? Is it just restricted to first responders or emergency management professionals or who's actually uh, eligible for the training that you provide the storm spotter? Yeah, it's an excellent question. Really, anybody is. I, I do have an age limit. I usually like to have 16 and older folks because not that younger folks aren't interested, but you know, they're, they're probably going to change over time and they'll change their addresses and emails and that kind of thing as they move along. So we usually hope to get say 16 and older. It could be anybody. So yeah, a lot of times it's first responders, emergency managers, whatever, but general public, there's way more of them than our view. Yeah. So we're hoping to target actually the general public mostly. And to be honest right now, I think I have, uh, a little over a thousand trained spotters in our database. The reason why the number is so low is over the years, we've cleansed the database because there were many people in there that were forced to take the training for whatever reason and really didn't want to be in our database and weren't of any use. So yeah. now for, since I've been here for over a decade, it's a voluntary thing. After the training, I ask, would you like, to be part of our spotter network, meaning giving us your contact information so that we can have a two-way conversation maybe once in a while. It's not going to be spamming, of not at all. Yeah, yeah. But there might be a time in the future where we call or call you and say, hey, there's a storm heading your way. Uh, could you let us know if you see anything type of thing? You also might get a, an occasional email or two. For example, we're releasing our spotter, what we call, not spotter, our, our office newsletter is going out tomorrow, I think. So we usually send that to our storm spotter email list so that they see what's going on in our office over the past year, that kind of thing. So it, it's anybody in short can take this aside, you know, being 16 years and older. Okay. That's pretty cool. So unfortunately in the times that we live in, Ron, COVID has changed a lot of the way that we do community outreach. What has changed with the storm spotter class, maybe for the better or for a little bit of sadness? Um, what's changed about it? Yeah, I mean, like everybody, we've been, our, our whole life has changed. So here in the National Weather Service, we are not allowed to do any traveling or interact, direct interaction in person with our partners and with the community. So how does that impact spotter training? Well, we can do it virtually, like we are going to do with all the ones that we've scheduled since last December or November, I think we started, I can't remember. 
And that's not the first time we've done that. I've been doing virtually spotter trainings for the last several years. So the plus to that is that you could actually get a bigger audience because really anybody could register for this and sit in your living room or your bedroom at home and, and view this training. Whereas you would have normally have had to get in your car and, you know, registered with say SEMA and gotten down there at six or whatever o'clock at night. And, you know, there would have been an, a bigger investment on the, the person attending on their part. But in this, you know, you can literally sit in your living room and attend this. So that's the positive, which is also a positive for me. I don't have to get in a car and drive two or three hours one way and set up my equipment and, and uh, then drive back and usually get back after midnight. And, you know, there's a lot of, of energy involved in that. So virtually is what we are doing now with everything, with not only trainings and outreach, but with our partner meetings. You know, if, if we can and the partner has the ability for us to attend virtually or remotely via phone or teleconference, that's what we will do. So that's the outreach side of it. That's the partner side of it. As far as internal to our operations at the weather service, we keep as few people as we can in operations to run the forecast and morning operations on a typical day like today where the weather is pretty quiet. We can get away with a, a minimal staffing. Obviously, we will ramp up when there's more significant weather that we expect to impact the area, such as a hurricane or a big winter storm or a severe weather outbreak. So probably nothing different than what all of you and the listeners are, are doing with their life right now. And we are considered an essential part of the workforce. So we go to work all the time, 300, as I said before, 365 days a year. When the government shuts down, we go to work without pay. So it's, you know, we are well versed in government shutdowns and having to operate through those. So we, we never stop. And yeah. this is just an example of how we continue to move on and adapt. Okay. Um, so uh, going back to the training uh, consideration, let's say somebody has not attended one of your trainings. It's kind of on the fence on whether or not they should uh, come to class or register for the class. Can you give us like a little fun fact or like maybe like a little tidbit, something of, uh, that they would learn uh, during the storm spotter class that they wouldn't really uh, know otherwise? I don't know if I'd call it a fun fact, um, but I, I think that I kind of alluded to it before. I think there's a few things. I think one of the most important out of this training is that I hope that you will come away with a better understanding of hazardous weather and how to protect yourself. And you might even come away with something as as nebulous and almost esoteric as how, why is that cloud outside there? What's going on with that? I do get into a little bit, that's a tiny part of the science. I get into a little bit of why weather forms to begin with. And that's something that I think well, the average person doesn't know yeah. and rightly yeah. so. I mean, that's, that's something that just people don't learn. So I think that they'll walk away with a small bit of science and a bigger bit of how to stay safe, an appreciation for the types of hazardous weather we have here, and also an understanding of who we are and what we do and how they or the attendee fits into that whole relationship because it's a team. It's a team effort here. Our warnings are no good if we send them to the public or the world that doesn't understand what they mean. Yeah. If I send a tornado warning out and people are like, what's a tornado? Exactly. Or even worse, what's a tornado warning? 
and what do I do? Right. That's no good. Mm -hmm. Um, that that's not accomplishing our mission of protection of life and property. So that's what this all dovetails into is getting out there and providing information so that people become what we call more weather savvy or more weather ready. It's part of our weather ready nation so that we can interact better and yeah. talk a language that we all understand. Yeah. So is that a fun fact? I, I don't know, but I, I try to make it as entertaining as possible. I try to interject my personal experiences throughout the presentation. I try to leave plenty of room for discussion and question and answer. That actually makes it more interesting to me. That is one downside to the, to the remote training is I can't see their face. Yeah, yeah. I can't see them raise their hand. I, I can't see whether they're interested or not interested. You lose that interaction. You know, yeah, there's I do, just no way on that. Yeah, I do remember taking uh, some of your classes before in the past, and it was interesting of how you explained uh, how weather is created and the different levels of weather and all the different types of storms that are considered to be severe and all the, from the hail to the lightning to the flooding. Uh, so it's pretty thorough and it, and it was interesting. Um, considering this uh, training upcoming on February 11th, uh, for those of you who uh, would like to register uh, for the Chatham County um, February, February 11th class, you can go to chathamemergency.org and then up at the top there's a training tab. Click that training tab and then scroll down to the bottom. You'll see a link for February 11th. Um, you can register. All you need is your name and date, or excuse me, your first name, last name, and your email. And then you will get a follow on email uh from the national weather service with the appropriate link uh for that training and then for those of you who can't register for the february 11th class uh ron would you like to explain the alternate way to uh sign up for classes yeah so probably the easiest way to say is just go to our web page which is weather.gov gov forward slash c h s for charleston and at the top of that page will be a link to our spotter training schedule and you'll see It'll say webinar, and it's actually the same link. The difference is, is when you click on that link, you then select the date and time that you want to attend the training and put your name and email, hit register. You'll get an email with the proper link to the date and time that you selected. You could pick any date and time that's left on there, honestly. If you can't make the one there in, in February in your area in Chatham County, if you want to attend any of the other ones you're certainly welcome to all the ones that we list there on that web page that pdf document are public so they're open to anybody that's fantastic you you guys have just taken away our podcast today and i love just sitting back and and listening and, and watching what you guys have to say uh, about the storm spotter class and the national weather service as a whole it has been truly enlightening. So thank you guys very much for, for joining me today and, and helping our listeners understand just a little bit more about what you do. That's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. All right. So be sure to join us next week when we talk about Chatham County's emergency warning and siren system and how you can be better prepared. We'll see you guys then. Thank you.